stupid things. Stupid computers. I know. Okay, here we go. Can you feel that? Notice the rough, scaly texture. You don't need scientific proof of it. You can feel it. Really interesting material, isn't it? Thank you for listening to Hog Story, where it wouldn't be Hog Story without audio issues. And it wouldn't be Hog Story without me. I'm Fletcher. That That's true. And uh, where I made liver and onions for the first time, just for this episode and beyond, I'm Carolyn Blaney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going to drink my fluids. Oh, I love a sponge that is absolutely pure. What's your name? How about it? No. It's an electric knife, isn't it, John? (laughs) Isn't it? (laughs) Last time I checked. Yeah. It was. Sure is. I forgot about this cool track. It rain on the bones. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is a cool one. (laughs) That's pretty cool. Well, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Well, I'm doing pretty good. And it's a Monday. Oh, you know it. Monday. That's why we're here. That is why we're here. It's uh, it's a Monday. Why, hello out there in the internet world. I hope your day's going well. Yeah, you know, because it's a... Monday. Hello, everyone. uh, it, it is Monday. You know, it's, a, Hi, it's March 13th, Monday. 2023. That's what they say. They do say that. They also told me to fucking get up an hour earlier. They did. That's yeah. Right. yeah just, it's it's a, just a way of fucking with us, that's all. Yeah, yeah. I I wonder if there's like a... Is there there's a hack... Uh, to not how to how to make that not fuck up your sleep. Oh, you know, just don't do it. <laughs> just don't do it, maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, what you mean? It's uh nine forty six p.m. Yeah, of course. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Is it already like forty six past? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I know. Audio issues. Wonderful. Audio. Wonder, wonderful. Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Wonderbar. <laughs> Wonderbar. It's, it was less worse than the alternative. <laughs> True. True. We made it less worse. We at least did Less that. worse. Like yes. I said, it wouldn't be audio issues. You know, it wouldn't be Hog Story without the audio issues. That seems to be a long-standing tradition. Is to yes. uh, experience audio issues only on show days. Yeah. And like Thursday, if I'm fucking yeah. around on my computer taking clips and whatnot. Yeah. I'm not streaming because we don't do mm-hmm. a show on Thursday. No audio issues. Yeah. Only only during live times. Yeah. That's when the issues manifest themselves. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Whatever. We do have a question for this week, which is, um, what is a... What is a texture, you know, of fabric or clothes or food or stuff you find in nature, that sort of thing? What? What's a texture 
that you enjoy or hate. I mean, you could tell us either way. Leave us a voicemail. 430-201-4841. We have a number you can call. It's this number right here. Uh, yeah, so give us a call. Leave us a voicemail. Tell us all about textures that you you either like or you hate. Either way, maybe you can tell us yeah. both. Yeah. Uh, I I did make uh, liver and onions just for the show. Yeah, you want to tell us about it? I I do, and I I wrote down my f- I wrote down my findings. Ooh, oh, this is scientific sounding. It's scientific sounding because. Because it is. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. I'm, I'll, I'll read this verbatim. Okay. Good. I want to talk about the texture of the liver. The liver I got was specifically a veal liver. I let the liver sit in milk for several hours. It, I it sat boiling. in milk. <laughs> it sat in milk. Was it normal, like, <laughs> normal milk? Yeah. Yeah. I, I got um, homogenized milk or 3.2%. Five percent milk, oh. or I guess some people call it whole milk, right? Because they don't want to call it homo milk, but it really is homogenized milk. Homage milk. Homage milk. Yeah. And it was sitting there for several hours in a bowl, as you do. And I also poured boiling water in with the milk. I heated it up with. In the cast iron with some butter, and I took the mm. liver out and put it in flour on both sides and placed them on the cast iron. I let the I let the liver sit in the cast iron in the heated cast iron for for two minutes on each side uh, before How I. How are you timing this? Uh, on my phone. Okay. I had I uh, I set a timer. Um, okay. And it and uh, I had three pieces in the bowl of of milk, so I I only and I only had so much space in the pan, so I I did I used both of my hands to oh. take each liver and and put them into the into the flour, and then I put the two of them in at the same time, and then you mean after both of, them? both of them, and then after I put those two. And after the two minutes were done on each side, I took the livers out and then I put them in with these caramelized onions. Oh, wait. Now, they embrace both parts of it. Okay. Yeah, both both parts of it. So I so I took that. I think the the most challenging thing about it was uh was taking f- making sure to take out those uh, those two livers out of the out of the cast iron and then putting them s- into the other pan with the uh, caramelized onions mm. so I could get the flavor in there Ooh, and yeah. then get the other the other liver onto the onto the cast iron but I managed and and that was that was good I think the last one turned out the best okay I, I, and you don't want to overcook them because it's such a delicate meat oh. Um, but uh, let me tell you about the texture. Oh, please. Uh, the, the texture feels quite smooth on my tongue. 
and the texture is also like a softer, more delicate steak. Wait, are you reading this under duress? Is the liver making you say this? Blink twice if uh, <laughs> if you're under duress. I'm blinking, but I don't know if you can see. <laughs> okay. Our CMPs are on the way. <laughs> I've heard you can eat them raw. I think I would try that. I love meat that much. And scene. <laughs> yeah. Did the liver make you say that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it sounds like. Uh, it was it was pretty good. I, it was almost like, I, I don't want to say a cotton taste. It's like you're eating cotton candy, but it had that texture really? when you bit into it. Hmm. Um, I've heard people say it was like, a, a lot of people don't like the the taste of taste of it or the smell i i think i i think i did away with it with the marinating liver and milk and uh putting it in with uh basically onion candy yeah i made onion candy which, which was pretty good that sounds pretty good uh yeah i think the milk probably did help i personally would have used buttermilk but i think normal Mm. less milk with all the fat in it still would help. Yeah, yeah. I did use the fattiest milk available, but the I think that's the of milks. Yeah. And I put the veal in in with or the liver in with the um it was veal liver, but um I I did put it in with butter uh into the pan. Mm. But I wanna but I do I I think that's a good idea to try it with buttermilk. I'll like I'll try that next time. And uh Sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and it it turned out it turned out very well. Um, I I, ha- I heard a lot of people talking about how they don't like it, and then I said, "Hey, hey. I'm an adult, you know. <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> I do what I want, and uh, and my taste. Uh, I have a a sophisticated palate." So I don't see any reason why I wouldn't be able to enjoy this. Right on. Yeah. And you did enjoy it. I did. Yeah. I even That's have leftovers because because I couldn't finish it. It's going to be a cold meal tomorrow. Because <laughs> uh, also you don't want to reheat it because it's going to it's it's going to make it tough and not good to uh, good to consume. I would think yeah, especially in the microwave. Hmm. I wouldn't put it in the microwave. No. Mm. I have a curious tongue. <laughs> um, but I've uh, that those those onions. Oh, I would have loved to. You can you can uh, store uh, caramelized onions in the fridge, mm. which I learned. Um, and then for for later, like you have it with a hamburger. Oh, that would have been so good with a hamburger. Or uh, or a hot dog. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, 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 take it easy. You'll get a stomachache if you swallow it like that. Yeah, you could. It was so sweet. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, um, it sounds pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm, oh, I, wow. I think I'll try yeah, it. That looks pretty good. I'll I'll try a beef 
liver next time. Ooh. See how that goes. Yeah. Okay. They look much bigger um, and more, more, uh, more bloody. They're soft. <laughs> more bloody. More bloody. You always need more blood. Oh yeah, I, I think that's I think that's why people uh, go for um, go for liver. I for one, uh, I've never really cared for it personally. Oh okay, <clears throat> but that's just me. It's also been a while since I've had it, and I don't know how it was prepared before. Oh yeah, that's just, it. Sounds like it's a big thing. Hmm. Hmm. Uh. Yeah, hey, but as long as you enjoyed it, it sounds good. It sounds yeah. like it would be good. Yeah. I would try it. If you cooked me liver, I'd try it. Oh, cool. Yeah. No, that was my first time of, of eating liver. And um, usually when I, what I'd like to do is if I've never tried something, I'd like to eat it with someone else and watch them eat it first. And then I'll eat it next. Ah. Yes. But now, um, I have grown up, and <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I'll go ahead and make it myself instead. That's my hot meal. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been, that phrase, I've been saying that about all sorts of shit in my daily life. That's my hot it's meal. It's the way he, that's my hot meal. That's my <laughs> so hot meal. Good. Uh, it's like, hey, did you, did you set this down on the table? That's my hot meal. Uh, okay, it's a bag oh, of yeah. pencil erasers, but okay. Yes, it's a pencil erasers. Uh, um, uh, we all know like textures about yeah you know, the the typical stuff, fabrics and yes. and like tree bark, you know, and mm -hmm. and food. The various textures, but what about what do you think about words? Can words have texture? Oh, you know, I've never thought about that. We, we say things like those words are harsh, or harsh that guy has words. a smooth voice. Oh yeah, yeah. Words to describe. Um. <clears throat> yeah. And uh, me, uh, how I like to torture myself by listening to NPR. Mm. Um, I heard an interesting story uh, from a, a Girl Scout um, selling cookies. And mm. and you were in the Canadian equivalent of uh, the Girl Scouts. Yes, the brownies. I was in brownies and Girl Guides. Um, I want you to listen to this. And uh, uh, the texture of this girl's voice. Okay. The, the Girl Scout they're talking to. Okay. Just tell me what you think about her voice. Um, and yeah, this is about her ordeal with Girl Scout cookies. Mm. The Girl Scouts are a big part of her identity. Uh, yeah, actually, everybody in Girl Scouts are like my best friends. Like we hang out at school and after school and all that. Where do you think she's from? Um, uh, Hogwarts. Sophia hopes one day to earn the Girl Scout equivalent of the Eagle Scout. It's called the Gold Award. She's always been ambitious, including with the annual cookie sale. 
Two years ago, she set herself a goal of selling a box in all 50 states. Well, I was kind of just bored during COVID, and I wanted something that I could really focus on. With the help of her mom, she made Facebook videos about the project, and it caught a little fire, especially when she finally got her last state, Delaware. I was on the news for it, but... That was just like a little thing. Plymouth has reached her goal of selling cookies in all 50 states, selling over 720 bucks. So I'm, I would say I'm very like determined. I want to get, like if I'm doing something, I want to get it done. But cookies in general, I've never thought of it as like a huge, huge part of my life. But I have done a lot with them. Which is what makes the next bite in this cookie story so surprising. Oh, the, the next bite in the cookie story. Oh, oh, bravo, NPR. Let, let's get let's get a cookie reference in there. Oh, just, oh, I'm sure I mean, it, it was yeah. so droll for those in the, in the writer's room of NPR. Ah. <laughs> oh, so droll. Should I continue? Now, the girl... <laughs> She just has a problem. She cannot properly pronounce her uh, R's or T's oh, okay. sometimes. Oh, okay. I, I'm not sure uh, what would have caused that. I mean, oftentimes if parents um, baby talk to their kids for too long, that happens. Oh, If their children are yeah. coddled. Uh, but mm. I don't know. I don't know this girl. Uh, but she is not from Hogwarts. Oh, no. Nope, oh. New Hampshire. Oh. Close I enough, I, I guess. Think, I don't think that's worth... I Really? She's from there? She is I, from New Hampshire. Yep. It's hard to tell with the, her voice where she sounds like she's trying to be British or Australian or both. And then... Anyway. Do you, you want the uh, the the more bite from the cookie story or whatever? shit he said yeah yeah and i want to know if they're are they going to talk about those uh raspberry um no they won't no. i can tell you that did, but here did, uh, did you did you try that one of those no we'll get we'll come back to those okay sophia is now a vocal critic of the girl scout cookie Specifically, uh-huh. one of the ingredients, palm oil. So, palm oil causes 2% of major deforestation and climate change. It's also, it? because of palm oil, uh, 1,000 to 5,000 orangutans are killed every year. There also have been ties to child labor, human trafficking, um, and slavery in the harvesting of palm fruit. Where, where are you getting these facts from? Um, I've been researching for a while, so... <laughs> Um, I've been getting, up, getting them off the internet and in books and things like that. Sophia isn't the first to go anti-cookie. Girls and troops across the country in recent years have all raised concerns about palm oil. They've made YouTube videos and gone on morning talk shows. They say those dosi dos the tag-alongs, the Thin Mints are actually bad for the environment. So one of our main things in Girl Scouts is it's in our pledge trying to make the world a better place. And I don't think that the ingredient in Girl Scout cookies is doing that. So I don't support it and I want to try to do something else. Do something else. In this case, bake her own cookies. Bah. Because bake of, her because own of the cookies. palm oil, which I can get behind. Yeah, palm oil is one of those uh those bad oils. Don't get don't you look at palm oil in that ingredients list. Get it out of there. 
Yeah, no, Go it's, away, it's, it's in all sorts not- of uh, factory, factory manufactured foods, uh, you know, processed foods. And it's not good. The statistics she offered up, like, it kills orangutans or whatever. Those are interesting. I liked how he asked her, like, Oral, where'd you get those from? Yeah, he... Where'd uh, you get those stats he, from? Yeah, he he had a bit of a... I didn't like what he, how he said it. It rubbed me the wrong way in all kinds of ways. Well, her voice rubs me the wrong way. She she definitely has, like, a speech impediment. Yeah. Well, she does. She definitely does. Um, oh, I thought I ISO'd some uh, things from that. I'm trying to find uh, the ingredients for this 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 rally cookie that I've heard so much about. The rally cookie. Yeah, which is uh, the. Is that the one with the raspberries? Yeah, meat raspberry rally. The thin, crispy cookie infused with raspberry flavor and dipped in chocolatey coating. Oh, it's got. Oh, it's a. Uh, it's got a s- asterisk there. A naturally a chocolatey coating. Uh, and in super small letters, naturally flavored with other natural flavors. John, let this cookie is naturally flavored. Oh, I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's so natural, so flavored. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all that it's quote <laughs> natural. <laughs> it's so natural. Natural. <laughs> How come it's so natural? Hey, it's Girl Scouts, you know. It's Girl Scouts. <laughs> the environmental impact of the uh, palm oil. Mm-hmm. It's bad. Yeah. Uh, according to the kid. And, I mean, I have no doubt it is. It's also bad for uh, the environment of your body. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I, of course. I was unaware that where they got it from, these odd-looking fruits from this oil palm. Mm-hmm. Which is different than palm kernel oil, which is a, I mean, it's made from that fruit, just not in the same way. Mm. It's not coconut oil either, which is, which is good for you. Oh, yeah. Which is why, of course, they won't use it. No, no. Oh, yeah. The palm olive brand. Of course. Um, oh. Here's more, uh, with Sophia, uh, talking about, uh. Well, she's gonna make her own cookies, as you heard. Oh, yes, yes. Mm. So she's uh, she's a baker now. Okay, not yeah, from sorts. Girls, Girl Scout to baker. All right. This cookie season, Sophia went door to door, offering her neighbors a chance to buy traditional Girl Scout cookies or cookies that she would make using her grandma's recipes and ones found online in her own kitchen. Chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter cookies. Wait, wait, wait! Traditional Girl Scout cookies. Let me just play that again. This cookie season, Sophia went door-to-door, offering her neighbors a chance to buy traditional Girl Scout cookies or cookies that she would make using her grandma's recipes and ones found online in her own kitchen. Wouldn't the cookies that were made by the Girl Scouts or family members be the traditional ones? That's a good point. Yeah, like, did this start... With um, factory-made cookies? Chocolate chip cookies, peanut butter cookies, uh, oatmeal raisin, oatmeal and raisin. coconut macaroons. Macaroon. She wound up selling 138 boxes of real Girl Scout cookies and got orders for 44 dozen cookies that would be baked by an actual Girl Scout. Wait. Yeah. Mm, so, according okay. to NPR, yeah. the real ones are the factory-made ones. 
Well, it, yeah, okay. So, so I'm I'm I like on use of language. girlscouts.org, mm-hmm. and um, I'm in the history section. I'll just pop this in the in the oh the history there. section. Yes, the history section. Okay, so it's a 1910. Um, it's, it says here, how it all began. Girl Scout cookies were originally home-baked by girl members with moms volunteering as technical advisors. The sale of cookies to finance troop activities began as early as 1917, five years after Juliet Gordon Lowe started Girl Scouts in the United States. The mistletoe troop in Muskogee, uh, Oklahoma baked cookies and sold them in its high school cafeteria as a, as a service project. Well, so, then the traditional cookie is the home baked cookie. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it, it appears that it's not until, um, the thirties then they started making, uh, that there was like a marketing thing. Oh, oh, had, the 30s. Had, yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Great yeah. Depression era. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder when they started putting palm oil into foods. Oh, yeah. Could it have been the 1930s? Oh, maybe. That I'm not sure. It would be interesting. Hmm. Oh, in the 50s, they had the okay, sandwich cookies, shortbread cookies. Mm. Love shortbread cookies. Chocolate mints. Oh, now thin mints. But shortbread? Damn. That's cool. We only yeah, had the sandwich uh, ones. The shortbread has got shortening. Ones. Probably high yeah. amounts of that palm oil. Yeah, yeah. It might have been a different um, recipe in the 50s. Huh. It's probably way more shortening than anything else. Yeah. Uh,. I'm not seeing um like when when they really started using it in factory food type settings. Mhm. Not no I mean I'm just uh glancing around. Yeah, yeah. It looks like the boxes looked like they started in the 30s. Hmm. Which makes me think that they uh yeah, so so in the forties, a total of twenty nine bakers were licensed to bake Girl Scout cookies. So it sounded like it got to be more of a business, the business of making cookies. Well, they they expanded their profit margin. I'll let this continue. Okay. And coconut and macaroons. It worked. She wound up selling one hundred and thirty eight boxes of real Girl Scout cookies real. and got orders for forty four dozen cookies that would be baked by an actual Girl Scout. Same price, five bucks a box. She got the okay from her local troop, but she didn't tell corporate. She didn't call the regional Girl Scout Council, which coordinates local cookie sales. See, corporate, getting involved. Beg forgiveness, then ask permission. Really, the worst that can happen is they can sue us and kick me out of Girl Scouts. (laughs) But if they kick me out of Girl Scouts for I doing this, I wouldn't really be that upset For I doing this. Why not? Uh, Girl Scouts has been really good for me, and it is an important part of my life, but if they do kick me out for me doing this, and for me being an entrepreneur, even though they've taught me how to do it, I wouldn't be that upset. I assume you don't want to be sued. Yeah, I definitely don't want to be sued. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they're going to sue her? (laughs) Um, I think it would be a bad look, but um, they could. 
it's possible. No, I would never sue Sophia. This is Trisha Meller, the head of the Girl Scouts of the Green and White Mountains, the council that oversees all the troops in Vermont and New Hampshire. Meller says that her 6,500 scouts sell about 1.2 million boxes of cookies each season. Legit cookies, not the homemade ones. She's not what? mad about Sophia's what? advocacy. We're proud of Sophia for, for being passionate about an issue that she strongly believes in. That's what Girl Scouting is all about. What it's not about, according to the rules, though, is selling things other than official Girl Scout cookies during cookie season. Mm. But traditionally, mm. they were made at home. Yes. And he called the factory-made ones legit. Yeah. Yeah, I would prefer handmade ones, homemade baked goods from the Girl Scouts as opposed to the factory ones. Yeah. That's just me. So, no, they're not going to sue her. They're proud of her. Sure they are. No. Yeah, they're proud of her. Uh, One last clip here. Okay. She did some rough math on her ingredient costs, and it looks like Sophia is going to profit about $100 from her own cookies. She's donating that money back to her local troop. Okay, good. That was shorter than I thought it was going to be. I thought I had one that was where it was talking about how she, uh, maybe that was the first one. But Girl Scouts are a big part of her idea. And after school and all that. Sophia hopes one day to earn the Girl Scout equivalent of the Eagle Scout. It's called the Gold Award. She's always been ambitious, including with the annual cookie sale. Oh, yeah. Okay. Two years ago, she set herself a goal of selling a box in all 50 states. Uh Well, I was kind of just bored during COVID, and I wanted something that I could really focus on. With the help of her mom, she made Facebook videos about the project, and it caught a little fire, especially when she finally got her last state, Delaware. Okay, she wanted to sell a box of cookies in all 50 states. Mm. She's in New Hampshire. Yeah. And the last state to sell a box... To complete all 50 was in Delaware? It's right oh, there. Look at me. I'm in Delaware. No, it's just odd. She sold a box of cookies weird. to both Hawaii and Alaska before Delaware. Yeah. This is weird. What about, what about the other, um, you know, the t- other the territories? The U.S. Territories, territories? Those don't count as yeah. states, so. Oh, um, Okay. She, yeah, no, you know, fuck the U.S. Virgin do. Islands uh, and, and Puerto Rico. <laughs> well, or, she doesn't want to sell Girl Scout cookies out, out there? In, I mean, in, uh, I think... American Well, to Samoa? Puerto Rico, there's probably not international shipping, but to Guam, there might be. Guam. So I think she just uh, left out the territories, the protectors. Maybe she doesn't know about them. Maybe they didn't even taught her that. But she doesn't know about the letter R. No, that's that's true. Poor kid. <clears throat> There's there's a lot of uh, maybe, maybe she maybe she needs to hang out with some pirates. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or uh, go to Scotland, you know, like rolling rolling those R's. Oh right, yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, roll them on down the hill. Roll down. <laughs> rolling those R's. <laughs> but she was. You know, concerned about the environmental impact of palm oil, which was interesting that it was more about that than it was its effect on your body. Yeah, it's a it's terrible for your body. Your body cannot process uh, that kind of oil, like canola oil. Um, Yeah, it's uh, it's one of those bad oils. It's not even real. Canola oil is not even real. It's not even real. It's but it's and it's also bad. 
it's as bad as palm oil. I um, I'm gonna go on a little different track and sway from our uh, our talk about textures, but I'm gonna keep it with oil. Okay. How about that? All right. All right. I like the way oil feels. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it's pretty. It's pretty good. It's pretty smooth. Yeah, it makes everything smooth. Yeah, and sometimes, um, sometimes... I'm getting expelled through this big mouth hole sort of thing I've got on here. Sometimes uh. it's expelled through the mouth hole. Oh, wow. Yeah, you know. My wife could tell me. <laughs> tell you what? <laughs> About the mouth hole. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. <laughs> I guess I'm just being dumb. Uh, no, it's uh, super slippery stuff. This oil, it is. Oh, okay. No, uh, NPR just reminded me of some things. So let me start off with uh, the latest news we got here, um, and it is about oil or oil, as uh, she oil. says it here. Oh, okay. The Biden administration is expected to announce possibly this week whether it's greenlighting a major ConocoPhillips oil drilling development in the Alaska Arctic. Arctic. The Willow Project would allow more than 200 wells and hundreds of miles of pipeline, some of it near caribou migration paths and valuable bird habitat. Liz mm. Ruskin with Alaska Public Media has been covering this closely and she joins us now from Anchorage. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Aisha. So, Liz, where would this drilling take place? Willow would be in a huge area of federal land, a reserve the size of Indiana. It's called the National Petroleum Reserve. And just to be clear, Willow is different from the controversy over drilling in the Arctic National Wildlife Refuge. But environmental advocates say this area is like the refuge in its value to wildlife. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Uh... You know, the only difference is the name of the places, but okay, it's different. Mm. It's different. Mm. But uh, I'll, I'll get to my point after I play some of these. So okay. uh, President Biden had pledged no new drilling on federal land when he ran for office. So why is this oil project being considered? I would think because these projects take forever to come together. But you uh, tell me more about that. Yeah, this was a lease Conoco acquired in 1999, and the development mm. won federal approval in 2020, but then there was a lawsuit requiring a do-over, so proponents argue it's not really a new drilling project, but hmm. it's substantial and would produce oil for an estimated 30 years. Sounds like semantics. It's not new. We talked about it before. But it's not new, so... Biden wouldn't be breaking a promise because, like, it's not new. 1999, guys. But if, but if it was the other, if it was the other party, it would be. Uh, we don't talk about that. Oh yeah, they just decided it. Yeah, and I like too. They like, you know, they had to vote on it again. They had to do a do-over. Like you voted wrong. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh Conoco, Conoco Phillips. You know, when Standard Oil broke apart, Conoco became its own thing. Oh, okay. And if it's got Phillips, does that mean it's owned by whatever that Dutch company is? Uh, 
is it like the Phillips head screwdriver? No, that's a Canadian guy. Is it? Oh, okay. Oh, uh, maybe. maybe uh, they all have the same name, but just different things. Anyway. This Conoco Phillips place has a cool aerial building, like the view of the aerial building. Oh, yeah, it does. Guy. It looks like a circuit board or something. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> and of course, you know, they wanted to go through naturally because it's it's their uh, oil, you could say. Oh, okay. Are they gonna? When are they gonna move? Oh to, no, Phyllis uh, Petroleum Hills? is an American company. Okay. Uh, here's more. Okay. So, who is urging the Biden administration to approve this oil project? You Conoco know, besides Conoco Phillips. Oh, okay. Pretty much the whole Alaska political and business establishment, the mm. entire Alaska legislature, mm-hmm. organized labor, Alaska native leaders, oh. all three members of the congressional delegation. And while the oil industry's been in decline in Alaska, this project would bring up to $10 billion to the state and local governments. Indigenous residents on the North Slope say oil revenues will help sustain their Inupiaq culture uh just uh put a ribbon on it remind yourself about mm-hmm. what she said that uh it should be approved because price of oil is in decline like demand is in decline just keep that tucked huh. away for the future Okay. An Alaska legislator from the Arctic, Josiah Putkatuk, was in Washington, D.C., outside the Capitol Wednesday, making that case. Putkatuk is a Nupiak. They are people who have relied on subsistence whaling for over a thousand years mm-hmm. just to live where they do. Putkatuk says they need the revenue that comes from oil production. And that- wait, 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 wait. Before I let her continue, I'm guessing. They don't have any stock in ConocoPhillips or anything like that, that they're getting uh, subsidies from the state of Alaska for using their land or something like that. That's what I'm guessing. Oh, oh. Essentially free money, doing no work, uh-huh. but getting money for free. And they need it. Oil production. And that's why it's important to underscore the opportunities for a better quality of life staying away from the third world conditions that the generation immediately before me grew up in. I should say that Putkatek's view is the prevailing opinion among Alaska Native leaders, but in the community closest to where the drilling would be, there's substantial opposition from the mayor and the tribe. Mm. So the people in the immediate area are still against it. But that one guy who's a legislator, uh, he wants it. He wants that free money. They don't want to live in the third world, which, you know, those terms like first world, third world, all that, and the mm-hmm. rarely discussed second world used to refer yeah. to, to um, capitalism or communism in the third world like they had neither. In the first world, you had capitalism and in the second world, you had communism. So he doesn't want to go back to having ne- neither capitalism or communism, I guess. And it's met, met collecta. But how do you spell that? Oh, the, the, the tribe? Yeah, the tribe. Uh, I'll have to play it again. Hold on. An Alaska legislator from the Arctic, Josiah Putkatuk, was in Washington, D.C., outside the Capitol Wednesday, making that case. Was that his name or the native tribe? Hmm. 
So who is urging the to the state and local governments? Indigenous residents on the North Slope say oil revenues will help sustain their Inupiaq culture. Inupiaq, okay. Inupiaq. Huh. Sure. I had not heard of them either. No, I was just trying to see okay. where where they would be. Anyway. I've, got, I've got one final clip from this little news bit. That's just okay. 35 seconds. Despite all the support for this, the White House has come under pressure over this pending decision. Why is that? Environmental groups and their allies in the Biden administration say approving this oil development would be a terrible move, in part because President Biden has said he's committed to reducing greenhouse gas emissions and moving away from oil. The oil produced from Willow, when it's burned as fuel, would create a lot of greenhouse gas emissions. Opponents liken it to the annual output of 70 or so coal-fired power plants. Oh, they liken it to it. It's not the hmm. same, but it's it's kind of like it. It's kind of like it. <clears throat> yeah, the obvious, the environmental impacts. <clears throat> because it has to be um, transported via uh, pipeline. And hmm. people um, tend to have short memories nowadays. Do you remember the, the whole reason Obama... Uh, uh, <coughs> canceled rejected the uh, uh keystone xl pipeline actually no i don't remember well you couldn't have a pipeline pumping oil around because of the environmental impact oh yeah 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 so gotta put put the old stop to that but now it's fine suddenly now it's fine with this uh this uh willow project the the environmental impacts were secondary, tertiary. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. But let's let's go back to uh, November sixth uh, in twenty fifteen with NPR here, and this is they're they're talking about the uh, Keystone XL pipeline. President Obama decided the pipeline would not serve the national interest of the United States and would only encourage development of the Western Canadian tar sands that could have an outsized impact on climate change. If we're going to prevent large parts of this earth from becoming not only inhospitable, but Mm. uninhabitable in our lifetimes, we're going to have to keep some fossil fuels in the ground rather than burn them. The president's decision was cheered by Nebraska landowners who challenged the pipeline's route and by climate activists around the country. Gene Karpinski heads the League of Conservation Voters. The president did the right thing. And it helps cement his legacy as a true champion in the fight against climate change. It's a big win for the environmental movement. It's a big win for our planet. Yeah, big win. But we don't really, we're not concerned about the environment in Alaska. Why? Because it's a state and we didn't want to transport oil from Canada to the Gulf. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I have more. Uh, Obama saying even more. Obama himself complained the Keystone controversy had been overly politicized on both sides. This pipeline would neither be a silver bullet for the economy, as was promised by some, uh, nor the express lane to climate disaster proclaimed by others. Wait, uh, to rewind this, he said a silver bullet for the economy, as in Hmm. it's going to help the economy. Uh, like save it, <laughs> but a silver bullet. A silver you bullet use a silver bullet it. to yeah to kill yeah. Uh, fucking werewolves. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, it's always reading between the lines with that guy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was all about being between those lines. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he'll do one <laughs> right oh, off shit. that guy's ass. I've never done a line, but I do one. <laughs> right off that guy's ass. Oh. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, no. Uh, I mean, this is what I got to say about Obama between his lines. All well, right. there's a line, and on this side of it, we ain't gay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I got one more. One. Mm-hmm. One more. He's He was at some climate summit back then, 2015. One big factor behind the timing of today's announcement is the upcoming Oh, wait, I didn't finish. I didn't finish the, uh, the other one. I paused it. One second. Obama himself complained the Keystone controversy had been overly politicized on both sides. This pipeline would neither be a silver bullet for the economy, as was promised by some, uh, nor the express lane to climate disaster proclaimed by others. But any fallout from the charge that Obama is turning away jobs was cushioned today by a stronger-than-expected employment report showing the U.S. added 31,000 construction jobs last month alone. Unemployment fell to its lowest level in more than seven years. Sure. The president's choice was also made easier by political changes in Canada, where the new prime minister, Justin Trudeau, is much less enthusiastic about Keystone than his predecessor, Stephen Harper. Trudeau said today he's disappointed by Obama's decision, but he added the Canada-U.S. relationship is much bigger than any one project. Of course he's disappointed. He lost out on that money. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so here's the one with the climate summit. One big factor behind the timing of today's announcement is the upcoming international summit in Paris, where Obama hopes to set an example for other countries to rein in heat-trapping carbon pollution. America is now a global leader when it comes to taking serious action to fight climate change. And frankly, approving this project would have undercut that global leadership. And that's the biggest risk we face. Uh Critics complain Obama's rejection of the Keystone Pipeline may actually end up adding to carbon pollution as energy companies rely on less efficient trains, trucks, and barges to transport oil from Canada. That would have been the case in the fall of 2008 when Keystone first applied for its permit. But since then, the price of oil has tumbled by more than half, making it likely that with or without a pipeline, at least some of that oil will stay put in the tar sands. Oh, well, using the price of oil as a validation for canceling a pipeline yeah, was fine yeah. in 2015, yeah. but now in 2023, it should low be cost of oil, yeah, means we should approve it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and don't yeah. talk about, uh, you know, the environmental impact of trains, Yeah. especially not nowadays. No, no. Yeah. It's, uh, and pipelines were so bad for the environment because you got to get maintenance crew out there and check them. But trains are totally safe because they have maintenance crews that check them, or at least they're supposed to. Yeah, yeah. I don't and think they have, have been, which is a part of the problem. Yeah, you get one one guy with, uh, I don't know, 60 cars or something, 47 cars. I'm looking at uh, their... There was a, um, a train derailment in Canada, uh, Lac Magantique, Quebec. Come a little closer to the mic. I'm pretty close to the mic. Okay. It's, the volume just dropped off as well. 
Oh, okay. Um, it's it's a it's a town called Lac Magantique in in Quebec, and there was a rail disaster. Uh, it was carrying. Uh, sorry, it was seventy three cars, uh, and it was carrying uh, crude oil um, by freight. And oh. uh, it just and it just uh, and it rolled into town and exploded. And there was a, I think there was only one um, person that was. Or one conductor or some or one uh, somebody who's running the trains. Like it's not like you know multiple people uh, dealing with it. So and and then it just killed a bunch of people in in the town. Jeez. And it was like uh, ten years ago. Forgotten. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, nobody talks about that anymore. Um. Why would you? This was ten years ago. It's ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. And they're still they're, they're still rebuilding. <laughs> I don't I don't think they're uh, they're very unfortunate. Very it was a terrible disaster. Well, nowadays people will use a a train rolling into town and exploding as a gender reveal party. Is that so? Oh dear. That seems like something good, people would do. Uh, that's a terrible gender reveal party. <laughs> Who's going to that? The whole town? Oh, God. Except for the dead people. Yeah, yeah. But you know who's not dead? The people that are leaving us voicemails. Oh, you are 100% correct on that. Uh, well, hit, hit me with a voicemail. Oh, I got to get there, you know. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know. How do you get a job here, you fuckface? I don't know. <laughs> it was pretty easy, I think, actually. You're Jeff Goldblum. Wham! Oh! A voicemail, you say? Yes. Please. Okay. Yes. Um where are you calling from, by the way? You know Yo. looking at Yo. the whole texture thing, I um, mean yes. for not even having like a you solid, solid question. Like mm-hmm. it actually gets kinda like profound in a way, because like oh, I'm oh, yeah. sorry. We we gotta start off. I'm sorry. Happy okay. Monday, you guys. Oh, it's a Monday. Thank you. And happy Monday. We are here. And that's glorious. I'm happy that it you is. guys are here and everybody else that's listening to this is here because that means you're alive. That's pretty cool. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, textures, you know, like, is it a feel thing? Like, like literally, do you feel it? Or is it like a feeling thing? Kind of like an emotion that you get from that texture or feel or like mm-hmm. a visual thing. And I feel like texture can be like all of those. And then maybe just one of them because you could have like, say, clothing where... It might, like, feel really nice, but then you look at it and, you know, you're not a fan of, you know, the purple with pink polka dots that you have on. But, like, when you put it on and your eyes are closed, you're like, oh, this, you know, this feels really nice. It feels comfortable on my skin. It feels like it fits well or whatever. But then you look and you're like, nope. Um, but maybe it fits you really well. So you have this nice feeling about that. And the tech and, like, the, the material doesn't feel well. And, yeah, you just get in all those things. Um, so you just kind of go deep. 
on there. But uh, I like jeans. Jeans is a nice feeling. I like, I like to wear jean pants. Um, yeah. Just because it's like I feel uh, the texture, like just the texture of them, especially when they're a little bit stretchy. So they got that that flex to them, so they feel nice, and then they fit right. So you you feel well with the how they fit, how they make you look, and then uh, just also like oh, it's a little bit of rugged, you know. But then they're still kind of like a little bit of softness to them, but not too soft. So I don't feel like I'm going to mess them up. So yeah, a lot about like texture and feelings and. Plus, you can kind of dress up, dress down. Um, yeah, and then looking out into the forest or whatever, just the feeling of the nature around you and just the texture of all the trees interwoven and whatnot, just the weave of them. Um, and obviously, texture, you get a lot of, like, materials, like, weaving the cloth, like a spider web and whatnot. So, feel my wife's boob on my hand. It's a good feeling. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, so, I could just go on and on about textures. Or you can text oh, yeah. her, but that's not texture. So <laughs> I love you guys. Stay dangerous. And whether you're just blown away by texture or you're just like, what? You can always, always just go ahead and give a little cacao. Cacao. Well, thank you, Christopher Battles. Christopher Battles. He never, he told us he liked the texture, but he never told us what kind of texture was his wife's boob well what is it oh, <laughs> um i mean I it's know. probably uh yeah. it's soft yeah 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 thank you christopher battles thank you thank you christopher battles. so we've solved this mystery <laughs> yeah i think we have i i um i have a couple of uh i have a short story oh do you want to okay. read a short story yeah, where you got this short story at? Um, uh, I I sent I can I'll send you this in the in the chat room. It's a it's a fun book, uh, and um, I got it on archive dot org. Oh, you oh, even sent that. me clips that I didn't see earlier. Oh, I'll get those while we're doing the story too. How about that? Oh, okay. How about All that? right. I had to log in uh, and uh, get an account to read it, but um, oh, does that mean I have to as well? Yeah, but it's for free, so you don't have to. Um, and I and I think there's a an account anyway that I set you up with. Oh, but um. Oh, naturally. I, I, oh, okay. I see. What, never mind. I thought this was a different thing. Oh, okay, okay. Wow, I like the title. It's a great title. Is this a it's cold a great read? Title. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yeah. This is a cold read. Yeah. Hmm. It's a, it's a it don't don't let the pages fool you. This is this is actually a quick quick one. Oh, okay, all right. Time but, now but we're, for we'll a hog fun. story. Cold read. That's right. It is. That's right. Cold cold read. Uh, you can, you can go. Uh, this is called the Rub Book <laughs> by James Seldman and Grace Mentoni. Drawings by Lynn Swe Sweat. And then there's a what dude a name. here. It's a cool, cool name. I like the illustrations in this book. Oh, it won't let me. Oh. I gotta, I I gotta check it out. Yeah, you have to check it out. Well, that's what I'm trying to do. Oh, okay. You have to click on, on the actual thing. Yeah, no, that was a joke. The, oh, Okay. Um, Jeff woke up every every uh, woke up very early one morning, 
He went to the window and saw the sun exploding in the sky. He heard birds singing and smelled the freshness of the grass. I'll draw a picture of the sunrise, he thought. Quick as a wink, he put his clothes, he put on his clothes, carrying his sneakers and some paper and crayons. He ran down the stairs and out the back door. The cool, wet grass tickled his bare feet. It was, it made whispery sounds as he walked over the, to a picnic table by the fence. Oh, maybe we could get some music going too. I think maybe that would be fun. Oh, um, what kind of music? Oh, just like, you know, uh, just, you know, ambient kind of music, maybe. Ambient kind of music, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> ambient music. Maybe. I don't know if we have maybe. <laughs> I'll, I'll continue. Uh, the sun was higher now and brighter. All the sunrise colors were gone. Jeff sat down and tried to think of something else to draw. He picked at the, the sole of his sneaker, running his fingers down across the bumpy surface. That would be fun to draw, he thought, like a map with lots of hills and valleys. Jeff took a sheet of paper and tried to draw the picture, but he couldn't draw the pebbly feeling, and so he put the, pa uh, the paper over the sole of his sneaker and began to rub the paper with the flat side of, of a crayon. As he moved the crayon back and forth, back and forth again and again, the bumpy curling lines made a picture a picture on the paper. Mm. Uh, sorry, I was getting your, your music. Getting your, oh, your thank music. you. Thank you. Ooh, there's some. Ooh. That's a booster cool. cram. Booster cram. Add to your music. <laughs> oh, nice. There were more sounds in the air now. A lawnmower clicked and clacked down the street. A kettle whistled in the kitchen of Jeff's house. The door slammed as his brother, Joel, let the dog out. Time for breakfast, Joel called. Jeff ran across the yard and up the steps of the back porch. As he opened the door, he looked at the crosshatch patterns of the screen. I'll bet I can make a picture of the way the screen feels too, he said, he thought. Look, Mom. Look, I Mom. Made a I made a picture of the bumps on the bottom of my sneaker. <laughs> Jeff said, showing his mother the picture. That's called a rubbing, his mother said. That's why I did the shower this morning. <laughs> Each thing you touch has a different, uh, has a different feeling because it has a different texture. When you make a rubbing, you can see the texture of the things you touch. Oh. <laughs> Jeff watched his his mother making pancakes. Flip, flip, went the pancake turner, and zippity zip zip went Jeff's imagination. As I soon as he <laughs> as soon as he finished breakfast, Jeff made a rubbing of the pancake turner. Mm. It it made a single design in the center of the paper. Then he put another piece of paper over the pancake turner. This time, he moved the paper from side to side and up and down. As he rubbed first with the pointed tip of the crayon and then with the flat side, 
It made a different picture that covered every inch of the paper. The roughness of this might make a good rubbing, said Jeff's mother, handing him the cheese grater. <laughs> Here, <laughs> rub first, one out with this. <laughs> at first, Jeff pressed down too hard on the paper and it tore on the spiky points. He tried again. He held the paper firmly and rubbed lightly with a crayon, first one way, then the other way, until the paper was covered with a, a, scr a scratchy design. Jeff looked around the kitchen and saw Keep going. Saw placemats, bottle caps, knives, forks, spoons, the top of the blender, the bottom of the candy dish. They would all make wonderful rubbings, but the school bus was coming and he didn't have time even to think about his new discovery again until late late that afternoon. When Jeff had finished his homework, he startled he started to put away his books. Would they make a good rubbing? He wondered. Would they make a good rubbing? <laughs> he wondered. <laughs> the reading books were too smooth, so he tried using the spiral edge of his notebook. The metal rings pushed the paper into a high ridge that made the crayon jump as Jeff rubbed it across the paper. <laughs> but, <laughs> but when he finished, he had a row of lines that looked like, a, looked like shooting fireworks. <laughs> Jeff showed his new picture to his mother. What, what else, else can I use to make a rubber? He asked. Use your fingers to feel designs. She suggested, "You can make a rubbing of any of anything that has texture." Could I? Could I feel Lucy down the streets design? <laughs> Jeff found a flashlight in the kitchen drawer. The shallow grooves that ran up and down the handle would make a would make a rubbing, but he wasn't sure how to begin. The flashlight was round and made an even bigger bump in the paper than the spiral notebook had. You can... Oh. Oh, you're right. Uh, there must be a better way of doing this. Jeff thought. And there was. You're he Jeff found Bloom. <laughs> he found it was easy to make a rubbing with the, the paper wrapped around the flashlight. Jeff drank a glass of water and felt the roughness of the glass. Again, he wrapped a piece of paper around the sides and rubbed with a crayon. The rich pattern on the glass looked very different from the pattern it made on the paper. He tried it twice and found that rubbing hard left uh, ragged writ lines ragged lines. Uh, rubbing lightly with the crayon made, fi made fine wavy lines. Jeff kept searching. He discovered it helped to close his eyes sometimes and let his fingers find a picture. He tried the pegboard on the wall and the cane seat Pegboard is also my dad's nickname. I don't know why. <laughs> they both made neat, clear rubbings. He tried a yardstick. 
but the lines and numbers were not raised enough to show through the cl- show through clearly. It was fun to see the different kinds of lines he could make with a wire coat hanger. He turned the paper this way and that. He rubbed until the paper was covered with criss- cr- crisscross picture. It's time for supper, Jeff, his mother called. Go wash your hands and comb your hair. Jeff dashed upstairs. Okay. <laughs> he came to the table five minutes later with two more pictures. What took you so long? Oh, you can say that. Oh, uh, what took you so long? Asked Joel. Oh, that's his brother, Joe. Uh, yeah. Oh, what took you so long? Asked Joel. Jeff showed the family his comb rubbings. <laughs> uh, on one, the teeth of the comb made a straight line, tall fence across the paper. On the other, on the other pattern of the comb was repeated again and again. Lines danced all across in all directions. After supper, Jeff looked around for other objects that would make rubbings. He tried a key. Each time he turned the paper, the key was in a different position. He didn't stop until the paper was completely covered with upside-down, right-side-up, slanted, overlapping key, uh, key shapes. Oh, you, you, you oh, got a quote there. Uh, try making a money rubbing. Jeff's father suggested, handing him some quarters, dimes, nickels. To be returned. <laughs> he added. <laughs> first, put the co- uh, Jeff. Er, first, Jeff put the coins straight in a straight row and made a rubbing. Then he moved them into a swirling pattern and made another rubbing. Jeff wandered out to the kitchen to get some cookies. The laundry was folded in in neat piles on the table. One for fluffy towels another for smooth sheets, and a third for fuzzy sweaters. Each had its own soft texture, but Jeff found he couldn't make rubbings of them because rubbings need some roughness. He went back to his desk and looked at the pictures he made that day. He was surprised at how many there were. He wouldn't have, a ro- he wouldn't have room on his bulletin board for all of them, Joel watched over Jeff's shoulders as he sorted out the ones he wanted to keep. Oh, and you want to... When you see them all together, they make a picture story of our house. Joel said. That gave Jeff another idea. I'll make a book of them. He announced and began hunting through the drawers for heavier paper to, co- to make a cover. Jeff knew just how he wanted the cover to look, but he wasn't sure how to make it, so he asked his mother. You don't have to use only found objects, she said. How about cutting shapes of cardboard and sandpaper? You can decide on the shapes you want, arrange them in any way you like, and then make a rubbing of them. Uh. Even letters for the tile? Jeff added. Oh yeah, Jeff added. All book covers have titles. And off he went to find some cardboard and sandpaper. 
When he had cut out all the shapes and letters he needed for his cover picture, he pasted them on cardboard ba- on a cardboard background. Then Jeff put a piece of sturdy orange paper over them. He took a black crayon and started to rub it Why gotta be back black? and forth. <laughs> rub it back and forth, back and forth across the paper. As he rubbed the crayon, the hidden picture and the letters began to appear. At first, he could see just a little bit of the design and half of one word. But soon, all the raised, all the raised forms were sharply outlined against a hazy background. Jeff had a beautiful cover for the rub book. Rub book. Now, Jeff was sleepy. He had looked so intently at familiar objects today, seeing them in a new and different way. He had looked at combs and coins, at a screen door and keys, at bottle caps and forks. He had looked at the texture and silhouette of each and then made rubbings of them. There was a lot more looking to do tomorrow. That was that was the rub book. That was beautiful. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Yeah, that was fun. Thanks. The yeah. rub book. The rub book. Uh, yeah. Who who did that? Um, this was uh, James Seldman, uh, Grace Montoni, and uh, Lynn Sweat, or Sweet. Maybe maybe it's I think like it's a, Sweat and spelled like Sweat. Probably, yeah, but she's probably it's like a, probably a bucket situation. What do you mean? You know, a B U C. It's it's pronounced uh, bouquet. B u c k e t. Oh yes. Okay. Bouquet. Bouquet. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. I see. Hey, you could yep. be right. <laughs> yeah. Let me get um, uh, that folder I had back up. Okay. Oh yeah, and then I had um, I I do have some uh, ice or not isos. I have a couple you of isos actually. I do have some clips. Okay, let um, me uh, extract this folder here. Uh, okay. If you got anything to say about them, go right ahead. Yeah, um, I, I when I th- when I thought of feels, and uh, I was I think of, I was thinking of bed sheets and thread counts of bed sheets, and I I found um, I I went to uh, I went to this uh, there's a local. Um, TV show, I think it's like City Line or something, um, and it's like a morning show. And this woman was talking about um, uh, buying um, bed sheets and the thread count. Mm. Oh, wait, and I better be a good uh, patron and return that library book. I'm sorry, uh, <laughs> I did too. I returned it. Go ahead oh no, that. I didn't. Oh no, I'm oh. bad. I'm so bad. Well, I did. okay. I turned right. mine back in. Okay. Now, now I'm now I'm good. It wasn't okay. even a librarian there. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know. Uh, but anyway, this this uh, this this woman who's an expert at at laundrying. Also, mm. I'm going to put this put laundering this video, as opposed to laundering. Yes, uh, making doing laundry. Um, she uh, and she knows how to fold a 
uh, one of those um, fitted sheets, fitted bed sheets. Huh? She demonstrated how to do that. How to on fold this, them. How to fold them. You know what it's I've not, always done? What? Just roll them up. Bru- yeah, yeah. Just roll it There's up. There's a technique. She had this whole technique. It was, it was very. It looked effective, and I'm, um, I'm going. It's not very good for audio only. So, um, uh. I didn't clip that because it just it wouldn't have made sense. Uh, so I'll include the video in the show notes so you can see it. Mm. Um. But uh, she, she, there was just a couple of clips about her talking about um, uh, th- thread count and what to look for. Oh, okay. Uh, clip one? Yeah, clip one. Now, a lot of us love sheets. You, you love good sheets, but we're always, people are always talking about oh, thread count. Mm-hmm. And so I thought maybe you could teach us a little bit about what the different thread counts mean, sure. what we should be looking yes. for. And it is very misleading and very sort of worrying for people because they're not sure what it means. We have three here. One is a 350, one is a 660, and mm-hmm. one is a 1000. Mm-hmm. And you think, ooh, okay, 1000, it's got to feel the best. But, and I know you can't feel at home, but these actually don't feel all that different if you go from one to the next to the next. And sometimes that's because of the type of weave it is. If it's a sateen weave, it means they go over two and under one, which is... Sorry about that. It just makes it smoother. Think of like satin. It's just the way it's woven. I think think Trump probably has the best sheets. How how high do you think his thread count is? Oh, uh, it's probably like... You know, it's probably like mid. I don't even think it's a thousand. Oh, I, but, I disagree. But, uh, what do you say, Donald? How, what's your thread count? Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. <laughs> but in this next clip, uh, she, she talks about like what what to look for and 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 the um what you know brand not brands but. Uh, but yeah, and, and maybe not necessarily a thousand thread count is, is hundreds is really of thousands. Hundreds of thousands. Then that might not be that great. Oh, but okay. she explains. But also, if you feel this green one, this is an Egyptian cotton. Look for words that say Egyptian cotton or Pima cotton, okay. because basically it's a longer staple, staple fiber. The reason that sheets will feel rough is that it's a short, stubby little fiber. Okay. The thing to remember, too, on a high thread count is that sometimes, although it may say it's 800 threads, there may be four threads twisted together. So when it's all actually woven together, it's more like a 250 when it's all kind of compressed down and because it's short fibers it has more little sort of edges to yeah. to catch you. So how do you pick? Well, I do typically... Do you just feel them? I, well, no. 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 Well, no. first of all, sometimes you can't get it in the bag at the store because the zipper's got a little lock on it. Right. But you feel it and it feels really nice. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's a sizing in there to make them feel really smooth. Mm. And then when you wash them, they're kind of... Uh. Yeah. So I always look at certainly a mid-range thread count unless I'm spending a fortune on the sheets. And then if it's a high thread count and they're really, really expensive, like... I'm pretty sure these are good. Right. But a mid-range, if it's a good quality cotton, again, the Pima or the Egyptian, and again, you're going to get what you pay for. If okay. it's such a deal, it's probably not. It's probably it's not probably so not. good. So what was what would mid-range be? Oh, what would mid-range be? you got to put it in your bag, oh, no. though. Uh, yeah, we're going to put it, yeah. Oh, oh, it would help if uh, that player wasn't muted. I'd put it in this bag. Yeah. yeah. This nice bag here. 
Anyway. Yeah, I... I thought that was interesting. Oh, it's still going. Uh, certainly around the four up to six is very okay. luxurious. Mm. I But anything around 250, unless it's really, really, really good cotton, it's going to feel Forget a little it. rougher. It's going to oh, feel a little right. rougher. Unless you're into that sort of thing. You yes, know, everybody's yeah. different. Some okay. people might want a little bit more abrasion on their sheets. Who well, knows? Hey, it's exfoliation. That's right. Hard stuff. You know, hard things. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, exfoliation's good for you. Oh, yeah. It's you good. know, you want some sheets with uh, that popcorn feel to it. <laughs> yeah, that popcorn feel. I know when yeah. I first saw it years ago, it kind of surprised me. <laughs> hey, you know, Agenda Stream, it's it's 10 p.m. Eastern. And That's what I time think it we're, is. Yeah, well, uh, we, we should switch it over to... Oh, the- uh, the Pass button's over stuck. To, uh, I gotta hit it real hard. Hold on. Oh, okay. ah, get my rock hammer. Yeah, yeah. We we gotta pass the stream over to our good friends uh, over at Behind Schemes, Booberry and Lavish. We were we were on Behind Schemes. We were, and that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. It's we, too bad we Lavish wasn't there. Yeah, it's too bad Lavish wasn't there. But, it's uh, too bad I wasn't there the whole time. No, you weren't. You were in spirit. No. And, I was uh, in spirit. Boo Bear is a great guy. He is Fucking a great guy. Fantastic guy. Yes. Yes. I mean, I didn't know they made guys like that, but I, you know yeah. they do. They do. Yeah. They do. Uh, so, yeah. Peekaboo, how you doing? Yep. Love I, your outfit. I, I do. I, I love your outfit. It's yep. quite lavish. I mean, just <laughs> you know, <laughs> who wouldn't make out with those two guys? That's you know? what I'm saying. Yeah. Look at them. So yes. Uh, Have a good day. Have a good and we'll day. be back on uh, the Hog Story stream to so get get on the Hog Story stream and Hog, uh, listen Hog to Hog Story the dot stream dot stream. That's right. Okay, we are right. off of that, and uh, you can suck my dick. How about uh, how about another voicemail? Oh, uh, well, we were talking about the thread count of the sheets. Oh, so, right, right. So yes. sometimes a two fifty mm-hmm. could actually be a thousand if they had like four threads twisted yeah. together as a single. Yeah. So it's not truly uh, a thousands um, threads. But wouldn't it be? I mean, how many threads are in a, a single thread? Because all thread is made that way. Yeah. Of strands twisted together. Mm-hmm. So it depends on the the thread itself. How many strands composes a piece of thread? Oh yeah, yeah, and like yarn is uh, really fluffy. Still yeah, yarn is fluffy. of yarn. There's a boostergram coming in. All, oh yeah, uh, a little bit of hard guitar, you know, hard stuff, yeah. you know, hard, hard things. St- <laughs> you need really hard rock. Yeah, hard rock. <laughs> hard rock. That's right. Send that to Darren. <laughs> this is big bag too. <laughs> Put my sheets in that bag. <laughs> Just roll them up. Just roll them up. Roll them out. Move them on up. Roll them on out. Hey, you wanted a voicemail, huh? Yeah, yeah. Any girl who calls up a boy is just asking for trouble. <laughs> I would love to know your personal um, thoughts on this. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. I've got a question with all this talk now. Yeah. A question. Uh, what kind of texture do you like? Be it food, fabric, nature, vegetables, mm-hmm. anything. Anything. You, you got textures you like? Tell us. You got textures you don't like? Tell us. Yeah. Let us know. That's all you got to do because we even we even got the number. Call it direct, call it collect, but call it today. Science always has an answer. (laughs) (laughs) Does the texture make you laugh? Yeah. Uh, I think it does. Well, you know, I'll... I'll go while you continue laughing. Yeah. Uh, Texters can make it. Yay. It was so good. Is there a feather? The the texture, is it the dough or the the cheese? Oh, I didn't put extra cheese on tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? It was so good. Okay. I just had it a little bit. Yeah. Yes, that cheesy goodness. Yeah, some stamp pieces. <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out. It's a stamp pieces stamp for me. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, it's Tom and Alex. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I don't know. Maybe mine's, mine's kind of boring. I bought a, uh, a real jag, Fender Jaguar neck. And Ooh, yeah. it's like super smooth in a way. That what is the Jaguar in there? The Jaguar. Jaguar. The guitar. Oh, not the car. Yeah. The, okay, not the, the car. Fender, Fender oh, yeah, my or the, yeah, or the guitar. Puma. Oh, that's a nice picture. Yeah, it's, a, it's like nicer than any other guitar oh. neck. Yeah, it feels oh. cool. I feel cool playing it. I feel like I play better. Oh. It's a cool texture. Oh, yeah. yeah. Smooth in a, in a very... Uh, inspiring way. This how I feel about pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and the smoker. And the smoker. <laughs> Super slippery stuff. I know what you mean about guitar necks. Yeah, those are smooth. They, they should, be. should be. Yeah. Yeah, cheap Chinese ones, they don't uh, file down the outside edge of the frets very well so you can cut your fingers if you're not careful. Oh, dear. Um, no, I have uh, I have a few guitars, and the neck is is always um, a source of inspiration, honestly, because like mm-hmm. how the guitar feels in your hands. Um, yeah. So, with I have a Schecter, um, I forget what model it is. It's a six string. I keep it tuned way way down to um, B standard as opposed to E standard. Mm-hmm. So it's some pretty low notes. Um, B is what the low string on a seven string guitar would be. The seventh string would be a low B. Sometimes it's an A if you're wanting to play corn. Um, but anyway, it's neck. It's got like this flat wide neck really. Um, which is why I put it down in that tuning, but I have a Gibson SG that has a, more narrow 
a more uh, V-shaped neck. Not a not a deep V. It's like a a U cross between a U and a V. Just the shape. Oh. Um, oh. Okay. It has a very different feel in my hand. Where the Schecter, because it's flat, flatter, uh, that lends better to play with my thumb behind the on the back of the neck. And when you have your thumb on the back of the neck, you do all the funny, like the really fast, like pilly pilly wow wow, all kind of fast. Oh yeah, fast you can like hit the, hit the low E string with your thumb. Yeah, and then thumb around like with like the the SG. It it lends itself more to a thumb around uh, mm. a grip because of the oh. the U V shaped uh, neck, and so on that I tend to find myself playing more um classic guitar riffs yeah like the way the stones would do something or or hendrix or that that type you know classic rock music i guess they would call it it's just interesting like the shape and the feel of the guitar neck determines kind of what feels good like when you're playing it i have a a series 10 this is the last one i'll talk about i could talk about guitar necks like all day (laughs) Literally all day. Uh, no, a Series 10 is made by Hamer, which is kind of like Epiphone to Gibson. But oh, okay. Series 10, for a while, I don't even know if they're still around, were made in the USA just like Hamer. And this guitar is from the 80s. It's got like a Stratocaster-style body, which if you're not a guitar person, you don't know what that means, but it doesn't matter. It um, This neck is super flat. I mean, it's just oh. flat. It's not very wide either. It just mm-hmm. lends itself to being played fast. I mean, it's it's got a really nice, smooth finish on the back also. Now, can, can I ask a question? Uh-huh. Yeah. When you say flat, like it's not... Um, it's flattened I, like the letter D. Oh, okay. Like the D. Oh, I see. So the D is where the fretboard would be in the. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The flat part on the D is where the, the, where the fretboard would be, and then the right. okay. the curved part of the D is where is that's the back of the neck. Oh, okay. That's what I was asking. Yeah. So the profile of the neck looks closer to a letter D, but it's like a, it's, it's the fastest guitar neck I have. It's like I said, it's it's pretty flat, and just lends itself to be uh played fast it's got extra jumbo frets so they're they're wider and taller which lends itself to also playing fast because you don't have to push the strings down as far to make contact with a fret and you can do the two-handed tapping we tap on a this tap on the string at a fret to make it sound a note with your with your picking hand your right hand if you're right-handed and then your mm-hmm. your left hand is still fretting the the notes like normal, so you can do all that Eddie Van Halen like fast, like kind of stuff. <laughs> but it's a fast neck, and I I really like it. The Series Ten has got uh, a nice hot humbucker on the bridge position, mm-hmm. and some really clean uh, single coils in the middle and neck position. It has a wide variety of tones you can choose from. It's a good guitar. Good old guitar. It's my good get fiddle. So thanks uh, for the neck talk, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> and the uh, the cheesy pizza talk is what I was gathering. Yeah. Was, I think I heard is, heard something about pizza. 
Um, the uh, Google yeah. transcriptions are no help. <laughs> Sam's Pizza Defender. I like that. Pizza I like that Defender, I think, De is pe- Pizza Defender. <laughs> I think I, I think I want to. Uh, uh, I want. I wonder if that's. It's probably what they named the DC Defenders after the Pizza Defender. Yeah, Pizza Defender. If that's not the name of a real restaurant, it should be. It really should be. Um, mm. oh, I have, speaking I have of Tom a, Starkweather, uh, yes, he also reminded me of because um, he was he was interested in it uh, when I talked about it several months ago, maybe a year or more ago. The uh, Marvin Nichols Reservoir proposal that they had here for uh, Northeast Texas. The proposal um, they were wanting to build a a dam and make a reservoir. Uh, flood a bunch of land and dam up the Sulphur River, I think, um, to give to give Dallas uh, more security with their water supply. Oh yes, you were talking about this. A yeah, while yeah. Back. yeah, yeah, a while back. Yeah. It, bullshit yeah. is what it is. Yeah, um, because they're going to flood land over here on this yeah. side of the state, and not even use the water for this side. Send it to Dallas. Wow. Manage your water better. There, there's an idea. Yeah. yeah. Not that I'm like, I mean, I understand people need water, you know, and we're all in the same state. Like, yeah, we can all share, but it's, it's kind of bullshit what they want to do with that, that reservoir. Plus the type of land they want to flood. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a unique ecosystem, which you could say that about any place, but this type of environment where it's not quite a swamp yet is is unique to this area. There's unique wildlife here, unique trees here that are already in low numbers because of uh, the timber industry. Mm-hmm. And then replacing those hardwoods you cut down with the bitch-ass pine tree. We don't like oh, your yeah, kind that, pine tree. Go back where you came from. <laughs> Shit. So... It's still up in the air. The proposal has been around for over 20 years. And nobody here wants it. But no. people that don't live here, naturally, do. And keep asking the people that live here, and it's mainly Titus County, what's your problem? You know, why are you bitching? Some people don't like the whole uh, eminent domain idea, which the state promises, you know, they'll, they'll be compensated for their land. Yeah, I bet. But I, I took a few clips talking about it um, from a couple of weeks ago. But Dallas needs more toilets than they ever have ever in the history of Dallas. Just like just like yeah, anywhere course, else yeah. in the uh, in in major city centers. Well, yeah, and it uh, it is a growing population center, Dallas. What do you think would happen, like, if a whole building like flushed all their toilets at the same time? It's many gallons of water at one time, I think. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time. Well, it just depends on how the the infrastructure's set up. That's true. And that I'm I, I don't know. I don't know either. Yeah. It's a question for the know. ages. <laughs> if Oklahoma wants us to like them so much they can dam up one of their rivers and ship the water to Dallas. There's an idea. Hmm. 
There's rivers and shit there. They got lakes in Oklahoma. Anyway, um, I'm going to play some of these clips from CBS 19. And it's just because uh, it's got some snippets of Greg Abbott, our governor, talking. Oh, okay. The proposed Marvin Nichols Reservoir would take private property from hardworking East Texans, be damaging to the regional economy, and outlined several other reasons they opposed the project. Governor Greg Abbott spoke with CBS 19 about these concerns, citing that this year's legislation is focused on infrastructure. So water infrastructure. And there are water needs, whether it be in the Dallas area or even in the Tyler area. But what we must do, uh, we, we must explore other options. Governor Greg Abbott is talking about eminent domain, an action where the government takes private property for public use with payment for compensation. Well, I think the last option, uh, maybe no option, uh, should be ever taking somebody's land. And so I think the first thing that needs to be done uh, is to explore all the other potential options. Well, I like that. So he wants, wants to take other people's land? No, he doesn't. He's saying, oh, he doesn't. He's saying oh, that that's what I some people want. Yeah, well, they... they they cut out what he was saying before. Mm, and you can't find it because it's CBS exclusive. Ah, cool. of course. Yeah. Um, so that's, they probably didn't release it in any way other than uh, how it was presented on the nightly news. I see. But no, Greg Abbott does not want to implement eminent domain. And I like that about him. Yeah. I don't agree with good. all his shit, but that's fine. Uh, so far... He's been a, a fairly decent governor for the state. Um, and I and I like that, that he he's like, uh, you know, that shouldn't be an option at all. We don't want to go there. No. And what this next guy, they're talking with a, just a resident. Um, I didn't catch where he's from exactly. Mm-hmm. But it's either Titus County or the one just west of it uh, where the most amount of flooding would be for this reservoir. And uh, I like what this guy says. Northeast Texas resident Eddie Belcher hopes other options are explored. I caught up with him back in October 2022. We spent spent all our lives right here. And uh, I'd like to give it to my, my children, my grandkids. Eddie's land is adjacent to the Sulphur River. If the proposal follows through, the river will be flooded and he will lose all his land. I just wish uh, Dallas-Fort Worth knew the real value of land. It's not about what it's really worth. It's worth it's the value is in your in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is true. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, uh, there's, there's also people that say, well, you, you really have no say over any of this because all this land was stolen from the natives. Okay, well... Honestly, that's in the past. And we can't do anything about it now. What are we going to do? Give everything back? Then where does that line of thinking stop? It's ridiculous. I may have said it before, but you want to give Texas back to Mexico, then give Mexico back to Spain. Then give Mm -hmm. Spain back to uh, the Muslims, the Moors. And uh, what about Portugal? Why do they have that sliver of land? Give it back to whoever they fucking took it from. And so on and so forth give Great Britain back to the Celts. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, and now is the um, Army Corps of Engineers involved in this? Who's going to build it? I forget. It sounds like it was an Army Corps of Engineers project. Well, they usually have their hands in just about everything like that. 
Mm. It, uh, hmm. I'm just trying to scroll through quickly to see if I can find who, uh, who's come up with, you know, the, the designs for the dam, that sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Texas Water Development Board, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah, I don't know who's going to get the contract for it. But if it's the Army Corps of Engineers, they have a nasty habit of um, flooding over American Indian village or burial sites or mounds, that sort of thing. Oh, I see. I, Off the top of my head, I, uh, I can't think of the, the percentage of Army Corps um, of Engineers projects that are that but it's a high number it's more than 50 percent of all army corps of engineer uh water reclamation or whatever they want to call it type projects across the Mm -hmm. country over 50 percent cover up american indian heritage sites or what should be heritage sites yeah yeah i'm just man wow Mm. nobody cares about that stuff flood it yeah but why i'm always thinking there's something nefarious about um why they would do that type of thing, you know, erase yeah. history from, because you might be able to do underwater archaeology where you're investigating flooded buildings or something. Yeah. But I haven't heard of anything where they go to the the bottom of a lake or a sea or something and then start digging in the ground, you know, once it's underwater. <clears throat> they, uh, it's, they they're erasing a lot of different things like the physical things words um yeah you know, yeah and things. and what the guy yeah. said like the land's not yeah. just worth yeah. the monetary assigned value yeah it's, it's just an assigned value and it 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 supposedly depreciates you know and in this imaginary way yeah and who decides um, that banks yeah. and realtors yeah. Right, exactly. And, and they want us, they just, we're supposed to believe that the banks and the realtors are independent of each other? Mm, yeah. Like, a realtor wouldn't have a brother that's a banker? <laughs> and it wouldn't do them both favors with uh, higher, higher real estate costs? Or prices, I should say? Because don't realtors get a percentage of a, of a closing sale or some shit like that i think so is that how it works i think so i think so hmm hmm so they kind of want the higher prices is what they, you're saying? Yeah. yeah yeah i think a lot of people uh so uh, a lot of people get a piece of that pie yeah well it's all bullshit and it's bad for you to quote <laughs> carl in there uh i've got one last clip and this is more of greg abbott uh, okay. interdispersed in here. Uh, and I think the Texas Water Board, as well as, as legislators, uh, they're looking for possibilities that would be something other uh, than taking the land of people there in East Texas. The proposal has been around for over 20 years, and if greenlit, would flood over 66,000 acres of land. As of today, no major moves have been pushed forward, leaving many Northeast Texans stuck in limbo. Jose Alonso. Uh, I left his name in there. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, 66,000 acres. Ding, yeah. ding, ding. Mm-hmm. Twice the magic number. 
And I just left his name in there because of the way he said it. He was speaking very, very normally until it came time to uh, say his name. Say his name. Yeah. 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 And Do you think and, NPR told him to say his name like that? No, he just knows. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, he's already, he's, he's read in. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'll let him, let him say his name again. Jose Alonso. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrible name. I hate him because of his name. <laughs> Can you play his name again? Yeah. Jose Alonso. I'm here with the horniest man in television show business. The horniest man in music. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think you're right. Yeah. <laughs> it's totally possible. <laughs> um, What's, uh, yeah. uh, hold on. There was, um, what was the name of that show? Uh, uh, I forget where, uh, Oh, well, dang, never mind. It, uh, I can't find the clip. I had a clip, but, uh, no. oh, because I had the wrong name. Um, what's your cat's name? Jose Alonso. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty good. That's all right. What's the next name on your list, John? <laughs> Jose Alonso. <laughs> nice. Or yeah. it, it really could have been, uh. John Krogsrud. Easily. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, so, I mean, I'm glad the the Marvin Nichols Reservoir is yet to go through. I don't think it should. No. Of course, when you, when you look at the water in the state and look for places to put a reservoir for such a purpose, it's going to have to be the east side of the state that's where all the rivers go mm. they all flow to the gulf of mexico yeah i mean heaven forbid you put money in trying to figure out a better way to take the salt out of the ocean water <laughs> couldn't be any money in that no no uh they might have tapped into all the uh aquifers they can around here also which we have a few of those. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I the just the way they want to do it and the smugness, their attitude about why why people should agree to it. That's also rubbing me the wrong way. The the texture and words there is yeah. the way they say it. I see. Like, oh well, you dumb fucking hillbillies need to just uh, dam up your river. So mm -hmm. Dallas can have it, where all the sophisticated people live. The sophisticates live in Dallas. So uh, shut up, hillbilly. Give us your water. That's the way I've received it, and uh, yeah, I think that's I, uh, I think that's accurate. It's probably my initial yeah. knee jerk reaction to that is uh, yeah, fuck off. Mm -hmm. To put it nicely, yeah, yeah, and you know. I tell them to fuck off, and then, uh, you know, they go like a... Hold on to your potato! <laughs> I will hold on to my potato. Yeah. Hold on to your potatoes. <laughs> so that was more... That got both of those from NPR. Yeah, well, those I mean, are great. Uh, the first one was short round from uh, uh, Indiana Jones. 
But they were talking oh, about yeah. the Oscars and, and that actor that played Short Round was up for a nomination of Best Supporting Male. Uh, for, oh. I guess he won also the um, um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, whatever. Cool movie. Oh, regardless. oh he's in that movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so when this guy on NPR was giving the movie reviews, he played the clip of Short Round saying, hold on to your potato. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of minutes later, he said it himself. So naturally, uh, I thought yeah. I need to clip those and send them to Abel Kirby. Yes, uh, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so that's what I did. If he's uh, if he's signed in, I'll send them to uh, to the back channel. Yeah. Uh, I can't be. see. Is he? Is he? Oh, I see it. Yep, he sure is. Yeah, he's, uh, he is. Yeah. He's right there at the top, alphabetical yep. order and such. That's uh-huh. right. I'll send those to him. Yeah, as soon as I heard I was listening at work, I was like, aha! Uh-huh. <laughs> I was cleaning an instrument in the tub and then in a hurry dried my hands off and made myself a note. Oh, that's great. Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. Yeah, it wasn't like Bono's ha-ha. It wasn't like that. <laughs> Maybe it kind of was. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a classic. I, I need that on everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's not without his face though. It's this, the face is like about, I don't know, eight, 60% of it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought about, uh, taking the, the clip of the video and making a oh, yeah. gif of it, but <laughs> yeah. instead I found a better picture of him in a cowboy hat. <laughs> it's pretty cool. I like that one. <laughs> I'm not sure why Bono was wearing a cowboy hat, but uh, if you're wondering, it was just a, a reply to a message from Carolyn on No Agenda Social. I guess I could uh, right. include that link uh, yeah. in the show yeah, notes. Yeah, yeah you um, can. Yeah, we could. We yeah, could also yeah, include a voicemail. Oh, hit me with a voicemail. But they pressed the button and hoped for the best. Are you going to cry? Piss your pants, maybe? Mm, maybe. Maybe shit? And come? Joe Biden said come. And most of them come with a phone number. Most of them. Most of them. Yeah! Wham! You're hurting me! Oh, you're hurting me. Oh. BLC's hurting me. What the hell? It's hard to get off. I guess. (laughs) <laughs> man you guys are like always on the phone or away from your desk can't help always. it i know wow. i know we're busy you, get any work done? Do, you know anyway, we get, um, it's true is, right uh, mm-hmm. there's certain textures i don't like um like uh mm-hmm. well actually recently i didn't I thought I did not like the texture of a pear. Um, oh. I get some over, oh, yeah, over yeah. time, and a salad that a chef friend made, and the pears were freaking amazing. I kind of like, I don't like the texture of normal pears and the taste, and I like the taste and the texture of these. It was kind of a a uh, mind blowing experience for me with the uh, the pear thing. Uh, I just tried one because I figured you know you gotta. At least eat one. I ended up eating all of them. That were uh, like sliced thinly, laid uh, uh, peacocks across the salad uh, that she had made. 
Um, yeah, I was kind of blown away by that. But maybe if we get like some shit pairs and the uh, <laughs> show title right there. Shit pairs. <laughs> um, shit pairs. Maybe we get some shit pairs in the uh, the grocery stores. Uh, oh yeah. I don't know. I'm maybe. sure there's a good reason region to get uh, good pairs in. You know, like. You get good oranges in Florida. I don't know, maybe. But uh, up here, we get really good apples. Uh, not a big apple fan, but I'll eat an apple. Uh, but textures <laughs> that I like, um, hmm, just like the uh, the lacy lingerie textures. Uh, I like I like how those feel. Probably because they're like a forbidden, kind of touching uh, or sensual. Forbidden and sensual. Oh. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah, like just how soft, silky, uh, like the uh, the thigh high stockings and uh, just the <laughs> um, textures of those are real nice. I think what else? Like those real soft blankets. Uh, oh yeah, soft blankets. Sometimes they're woven. Sometimes they're just fluffy blankets. But they're that that real soft like uh, blanket that uh, get that real nice texture to it. So. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, in the smoker. In the smoker. In the Ned, smoker. Ned. Ned. That was a very yeah. sensual uh, sensual voicemail. It sure was, yeah. A lot of sensual more people ideas. Start to come, and more people start to come. <laughs> they don't always come. But if they're coming, uh, got to get them. I, I, I felt a texture today. Oh, uh, like it was, it was like a, off. it was like a vibrating texture. Oh yeah, see previous clip. <laughs> so I was I was pumping gas, and then like you know you put the put the gas cap back on, and then the maiden's um, joy. Yeah, that's it. And then uh, I I twist it, and then it, it's supposed to make like three clicks. Oh yeah, and like and it's. Like this rough feel, like I could, it's, it's a rough feeling and mm-hmm. it makes a rough sound and it's, it's cool. I liked it. About there. Yeah. <laughs> I do too. I like that. <clears throat> I like yeah. That. It's, it's a good, it's a good feeling. Uh, what Ned Ned was talking about in his voicemail was the uh, texture of pears. That was in my notes as, um, oh yeah. As I used to, not to, uh, I, I used not to like pears, and it was because of the texture, kind of gritty, you know. Sometimes, yeah, it is a gritty. But taste. It, I think it depends on the the variety of pear. It must. I, I don't think I've had a good pear, and maybe it's just difficult to find a good pear. Oh, there's a there are not many more varieties them. than I thought of pear. Naturally, I mean that could oh. be. A, I could go that for anything, including apples, which Net Net is not a fan of. Ned, Ned is not a fan of apples, nor is he a fan of David Copperfield. <laughs> but you can see the various types of uh, pears in that link I put in the chat room. Oh. So I think it all depends. There's one called Bosk, yeah. B-O-S-C. Oh, yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if that's oh, an acronym, and- Bosk. Bitches often Bosk. say crap. <laughs> oh, the Concord looks- pear. Look at that. The Bosque one seems that one looks like I've seen that one before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it looks like a popular one. And the Bart crisp and not very sweet. 
Yeah, I think maybe that's... Maybe I want to have something that's more soft and juicy. I don't know. Like when it comes, I don't, know I don't what, like what soft like. apples. Like apples, they get no. weird and gritty when they're overripe. They I don't do. like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. Another that sickle I, one. I don't like, like okra. It's so slimy. I mean, I'll eat it. I like the flavor. I don't like the sliminess. Same oh. with some kinds of uh, certain types of squash. But squash is good. I do enjoy it. Yeah. Avocados, yeah. I don't like them. Uh, they make me gag. I like avocados. Like oh, I, really? Um, yeah, like if I... Uh, um, well, this could go in, in Net Ned's sensual voicemail section. Uh, <laughs> if I eat a banana too fast, yeah, then uh, that softness makes me gag. Same with yogurt. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Huh. But I really enjoy the the feeling of kiwis. I don't think I've ever had a kiwi before. Oh, the fruit and and the the rind, I guess the skin is yeah. fuzzy, like a peach. Yeah, those are enjoyable as well. And just oh, holding a, I, the, a fuzzy peach. I, I guess it just didn't. It, I I was always uh, apprehensive of eating a kiwi because of the. The skin didn't like look. It just didn't look like something I want to put in my mouth. It's thin, and I mean you can skin it, but just like any fruit, the skin is mm. edible. Oh, it's like it'd be like skinning a a peach. It wouldn't make much sense. Like a peach is right. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I see. It's not tasty. Excuse me. <clears throat> it's weird and fuzzy. I don't recommend eating the kiwi skin, but it is possible. Oh, it's oh okay. It's not going to kill you. You can digest Dude, it. Do you generally like skin a kiwi to eat yeah, it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I keep like a little pocket knife and that's what it's good for. I see. So, just a tiny little pocket knife. I think I got it from the Boy Scouts. Oh, cool. Here comes the nut water. <laughs> uh, and sweet potatoes. I used not to oh, like them potatoes. as kids, as a kid yeah. because of the texture. Now I love them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're great. I think I liked them when uh, my mom would mash them up. Oh yeah, and like a yeah, that's, and With then lots of butter. Yeah, we'd have it for uh, Thanksgiving or oh, my yeah, grandmother would do that. Yeah, like she would make um, well, a sweet potato pie, which is good. Oh, that does sound good. But she oh, would also make like a sweet potato, um, not really a casserole. But it might have been called that, where it was just sweet potatoes, and I don't think anything else, like mm. not fully mashed either, so yeah. kind of lumpy, kind of lumpy. Oh, this, lumpy. I love these potatoes; they're so lumpy. <laughs> um, the, with lots of butter and marshmallows on top, baked in the oven, so the marshmallows melt but get crispy and caramelized and crunchy on oh. the edges. Yeah, Jabus. <laughs> so good. Does sound good. It was so good. Um, couldn't get enough of it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, just some foods. The textures are weird. Where I like the taste of it, and the texture is just meh, off-putting. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's like a like a, a peach that should shouldn't be uh, that's not ripe 
Oh or yeah, they're too not, tough. You they're know. too tough, and they're like, I don't, I don't like that. No, uh, that's and it's not good. Like when a fruit's not ripe, there yeah. might be something in there, like too much sugar that's not. Uh, I don't know if it changes or what, but they can make you sick. You know, yeah, or it's overripe. Oh yeah, and then it starts to rot. Yeah, yeah. You definitely yeah. don't want that. Yeah, I mean, peaches at least here are like there's a there's a time of year, there's a time of day, there's a minute, a second that they're good. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just they're so sensitive. <laughs> yeah, fruit be like that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I do. Um, there's one one thing, another thing I brought here um, that uh, this guy. Speaking of textures, you know, uh, like textures of rock or or mm-hmm. soil, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. There are these uh, weird mineral deposits. I think this guy was in Wyoming. Mm-hmm. And they called this type of uh, formation a flat iron. I want you to see them. Uh, I'll put them in the chat room. They look really okay. cool, and they do look like the bottom of uh, irons, kind of uh, just stood wow. up. That's neat. Yeah, and uh, they're just was, formations. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a rock formation. It's oh. natural. I see. Yeah, huh. and I'll what let him. Uh, that? I'll let him talk about it. Oh, if okay. it's so soft, why is it holding up? Why is it? making these flat irons that we saw in the drone video. I I think my clips are out of order. To have flat irons like this, to have this rock going up and staying up in the sky, so to speak, you need really hard rock like a a limestone or a well-cemented sandstone. And here, it's soft. It's soft. So it is like a soft, crumbly type of rock. Um, here's him standing up against it, I guess, so you can get a s- sense of scale. Mm. He's, um, he was examining it with his rock hammer, you know, so the pictures of it being crumbly, I guess. Um, let's see. So I want to show you how shales normally erode. See, I'm standing on soft shale right here. Right here. This is sh- soft shale. It's a dark colored shale and it erodes into a valley. It's because it's so easily eroded, it's the place that erodes the lowest. So it makes these beautiful valleys like this, and it happens at a small scale as well. But yet, when we look at these tall flat irons, like we call them, this this ridge, we don't see that. We see it up in the sky, like a steep, hard rock that can erode. So this is a bit puzzling, isn't it? Why is that happening? Why is that happening? Yeah. Which it is an interesting thing. Uh, this yeah. is where I got this from. That popcorn feel to it. <laughs> Which is uh, the way the rock rock is. Hmm. Uh, yeah. That's see. interesting. Is this popcorn. surprising you here? He has, he's a gold mine for out of context clips, I'll tell you that. I know when I first saw it years ago, it kind of surprised me. Yeah, yeah those are pretty good. It is. I'm uh, just looking at the these irons, and it does does look like I'm I'm picturing what it would feel like whole touching a pop popcorn. 
Oh metal yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, it's just like a, a crumbling, uh, soft mineral. Yeah. You know, that's that's what it looks like to me. Like it, the way mm-hmm. it would feel. I'm assuming here because I haven't been there. Yeah. Maybe one day. Maybe. That would be neat to see. <laughs> I thought I had one more picture of a. Uh, is it the soft shale? No. Maybe not. No. Oh, that was a picture of the valley. Because he does this thing to show you uh, the interesting properties of this type of formation and why it yeah. stays put like that despite it being so soft and crumbly. Oh, yeah. It's, um, let's see. Uh, I'll let you, let's listen to his him talking about this experiment he's going to do. Not experiment. It's a demonstration of the properties of the uh of the mineral but just listen like you would if you were going to take out of context clips from this because just pretend i didn't set any of it up just listen to the what he fucking says i'm going to show you a little experiment that's kind of fun i've taken some of that norel crumply white almost white isn't it i put it in this bag this nice bag here Hopefully you can see through there how much I've got. There we go, yeah. And we're gonna add some water to this. Let's see what happens. <laughs> so, Stephen, my friend here, he's gonna pour in some water. Uh, yeah, keep going, Stephen. Keep going. <laughs> oh <my gosh. laughs> I've done this many times. Oh, wow, yeah, that looks pretty good. Oh, um, dear. Let's add a little more. Look, look how much water I've put in here. This is a big bag, too. Oh. I wish I could remember, is that a... I can't wow. remember how much it holds. My wife That's could pretty tell me. good. Let's keep going, <laughs> oh Stephen. I'll tell you when I think it's about right. About there. I've got ah. this thing two-thirds full. Two-thirds full. <laughs> and we have all that material, that rock, sitting in the bottom. And uh, you're waiting for something to happen. Well, it takes a bit, so we have to do this. Uh, we have to play the video trick here. After a couple hours, a few hours actually, four or five maybe, I'll show you what happens. This is what happens. Oh, look at it. It absorbed all that water. And it's very greasy feeling. Okay, here's a... <laughs> uh, just imagine he had like a half gallon sized bag. Oh, that was three I quarters see. full of water with the stuff in the bottom. Yeah. Taking up maybe an eighth of the bag. <laughs> uh, and then that's what it looks like after uh, it, the water got absorbed. Which is which is neat, and uh, here's more, more of his uh, clip gold mining, uh, talking mm-hmm. about the way it is, the, its texture after it absorbs all the water. If you take some of this and put it in your finger and do that and squish it around, it feels like absolutely feels like grease, just like the grease you use in uh, like tractors and implements and things like that. Greasy as can be. In fact, apparently, at least some people use this to grease their wagon wheels. Of course, this is water-based, so you'd have to keep it wet, not optimal, but still, super slippery stuff. I'll tell you what, you do not want to drive on the roads where you have this around. You'll get stuck in a minute, and it is the worst stuff ever to get off your car. It's hard to get off this. Well, what is it? What is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just uh, 
greasy it's as weird. can be. Yeah, that's strange. It's like this naturally <laughs> occurring grease. Huh. Kind of a grease. Yeah, kind of a grease or oil. And or it's something. very greasy feeling. Yeah. Huh. Um, no. I wonder uh, if it's sticky. Like yes, it looks like um, it's look it's like a ba- it, it's binding. It, it looks like yeah, it's a binding. Exactly. Here, he'll yeah, tell us what like, it is. Like clay. Exactly. You nailed it. It's called bentonite. The technical word for the clay is montmorillonite. And it has this property of absorbing lots and lots of water, up to 20 times the volume. It's just really kind of fun. Mm. Yeah, montmorillonite. All one word because it's French. Yeah, French. <laughs> I think with one R and two L's. Yeah. Oh. Maril Onite. But you're right, it's a, a clay, which is, is complicated to uh, for me to explain how it works with the type of minerals. <coughs> Excuse me. There's a aluminite or illuminates or some, see exactly, I don't know. I'm no geologist. Hmm. And it's got a different, uh, an interesting uh, descriptor, I guess, uh, a nickname maybe. He's going to tell us uh, all oh, these okay. various things uh, you can do with this Montmorillonite. They use it in cosmetics. Women love to put it on their faces because it absorbs <laughs> the water and oils out of their face. Uh, they use it in the oil and gas industry to help contain oil wells, uh, kitty litter. They use it in uh, the foundries for iron, you know, pouring iron, or making iron molds. And they use it to line uh, uh, landfills and toxic waste areas because it becomes impermeable. As water gets in it, it expands and becomes impermeable or things can't flow through it. Oh, and one more interestingly, it helps make your wines better. Now, go figure that. <laughs> Helps, it helps remove impurities from wines. Uh, okay. Hmm. <laughs> they actually call this clay the clay of a thousand uses. That's pretty interesting. The clay of a thousand uses. That's what they call it. Women love to put it on their faces. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, th- that guy is uh, great for out-of-context clips. Yep. Yeah. I thought so. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah, just all of it. I misplaced that clip, the uh, women putting it on their faces clip. When I was moving clips from one machine to another, it somehow I dropped some of them in other folders. And I don't even know what other folders. Oh. Somewhere. Maybe they didn't hmm. even make it on this uh, this hard drive. Because it doesn't come up in a search. Um, no. Mm. Lost. See, it's a uh, show day. Oh. You know. Yeah. Do we have any more voicemails? You would uh, ask that question. And I would have an answer. Mm-hmm. And that answer is. Yes. Whoa, hit me with a voicemail. Whoa, don't sound so excited about it. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, like that. That guy oh, just okay. had uh, great ones. Um, yeah. But also this one. You win, Carol. 
Yeah. Woo, yeah. You control the future of our survival on planet Earth. Fucking Whoa. let loose. During the we'll week, fuck you. Yeah. Call it direct, call it collect, but, but call it today. Uh, whoop. Okay. Uh, oh, let's listen to it again. That okay. that voicemail had some audio texture. It did. Yes. Interesting. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Mm, it sounded like he was shutting drawers. Yeah. Yeah. To me. I'm not sure. Hmm. There's a follow-up. Oh, okay, good. You're hurting me! Yeah! Yeah! Joe Biden said come, and most of them come with a phone number. Notice the rough, scaly texture. Whoa! Whoa. Whoa. I must be in the smoker. Hence the smoke. It must be Monday. It's a Monday. It is Monday. So Monday. Right off the bat, I have a first. Okay. I have a couple thoughts. Mm-hmm. Good. On the opening of today's episode. Oh, okay. First of all, I hate liver. Mm. But oh. if you cook the corn Caroline, I would definitely try it again. Yeah. Now to answer awesome. tonight's question about okay. textures. My favorite texture is silk because mm. it's smooth. Oh. Ooh, it is smooth. Yeah, silk is nice. I think he's showing the drawers again. Oh, in the smoker collar. In the smoker collar. Nothing matches my search. I, I do. I do like that. Oh, I just don't know. Okay. Computers. What are they and what do they do? Who are they and what do they do? <laughs> That's uh, name of my upcoming book. Yeah. <laughs> but I do like silk. Silk is Super nice. Super slippery stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like a silk um, like scarf or silk tie or silk underwear. Say, silk underwear? do you look smooth? Yeah, they they should. They do. They do. I'm sure. Yeah, they do. It, it, uh, I would think that would be really sweaty. You'd get sweaty. Probably. Silk underwear. Not a place you want to get. It's super sweaty. It's soft. <laughs> it's soft. <laughs> <laughs> and it is. And you're right. You can yeah. use you can use a uh, silk to make a uh, hash. Uh, yeah. The rubbing technique. We were talking about rubbing earlier. Yeah, rubbing. That's a cacophony of textures. There you got, uh, oh, yeah. Your cannabis flower and then silk. And then the rubbing, there's going to be a little heat. And then before you know it, little hash balls. 
<laughs> Put those in your pipe and smoke them. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what you do. Or roll them into your joints. You can do that. That's They're great for joints. You know. Like your, like the joints in your hands? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Those I, kinds. I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh, that was, the last, <laughs> that was the last voicemail. All right. Oh, okay. Uh, yes. So the, but the, uh, uh, did I finish up the clip? So we've solved this mystery. Oh. Every time it rains, these beautiful deposits become like grease and are very difficult to wash away. Ah, there we go. Oh. Put a ribbon on it that way. Yeah. That's why they're, they're still there. Uh, I didn't clip the stuff of him talking about uh, some ancient seaway that used to run up the middle of the country depositing that uh, type of mineral there and then it getting covered up by the earth and then pushed back up through the earth through mm -hmm. whatever methods and then left there along this valley. Oh. That's the thing. The 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 sea, the ancient sea, was mm -hmm. the source of the uh, one deposit, but not where they are now. I don't know. He wasn't entirely clear on the whole, the actual geology part. Oh, it was okay. he's a geologist, but he was doing mineral mineral mineralogy mineralogy mineral mineralogy mineralogy. I don't like the texture of that word. No, me neither. It's it's hard to wrap my tongue around it. And it's quite a swelling force. Yeah, and my tongue gets swollen because of it. But if you want to know about these deposits there in uh, Minnesota, Montana, no, wherever the fuck he is, I'll post a link to that YouTube video in the show notes as well, and you could always just... If you want to look it up on the internet, you can get into this a bit. Yeah, you can get into this a bit. A bit. Absolutely. A yeah. bit. We could also... Uh, what? You can... Oh, I was going to say, uh, everybody can get into uh, sending us uh, some art, poetry, or music. Because Fletcher and I will be doing another poetry jams and slams. Music Wait. jams and poetry slams. Music jams and poetry slams. You read my mind because that's where I was going. May 28th, 2023, after No Agenda on Sunday. May 28th, 2023. Domingo, um, Domingo, Domingo. Many, many Domingos. And uh, we would appreciate uh, your art to be sent to us. You can send it to John, J O H N, at hogstory.net. Hopefully. And, and, uh, and make you can uh, send send us uh, your MP3s, your your uh, your art, your poetry. Maybe you want us to read your poetry. And uh, I would want to read your poetry. So yeah, send it. yeah, send it so we can read your poetry, and um, and we'll be back. On... Oh wait, we're not done. Oh, we we're not done. Boostograms. Oh, look at me jumping the gun. I know. It's because we got a late start with the audio issues. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, I'll start with this uh, boostergram we got in before the show. 
Uh, we got one from Hey Citizen with 6969 sats. Fun times with audio. With some, in the, and I see the emojis. Very nice. Thank you, Hey Citizen. Oh, uh, before that, we got, well, that was from Booberry saying, Sin, oh, we did. damn it, splits from the live BTS last week. Oh, yeah. It was 106,264 sets. It's a large oh. number. Yeah, that is a large number. Well, thank you. Thank you, thank- uh, Booberry, got- and everybody that sent uh, Boostergrams during that show. Yeah, yeah. It was last Monday's Behind the Schemes. That's right. We was had that, such a great time. Was that 142? Yes, I believe so. Oh, I'm I'm looking I I I'm looking forward to doing another uh, BTS and with Lavish. Yeah, we need uh, the whole, yeah. we need to get the whole gang. The whole gang. Uh, we'll call it a quadcopter. Quadcopter. I like that. <laughs> oh, um oh, got- <laughs> what Oh, I also want to finish up kind of with the um Music jams and poetry slams and the email addresses, oh, John at yes. hogstory.net or Carolyn, C A R O L Y N, at hogstory.net. John's J O H N, in case. But if that doesn't work, it has been the spam house, spam filter horseshit has been marking damn near everything as spam. So if it kicks oh. back your email or anything, uh, I don't know if it notifies the sender always or not. I Do you set have a backup up a, email? I set up a random-ass Gmail account. Oh, okay. All right. It, it, it be porksmokenation at gmail.com. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah, so Pork pork smoke smoke nation. And that's uh, one word? Yes. Excellent. I like how we got that as one word. Porksmokenation. At gmail.com. Yeah. At gmail.com. .net. Yeah, that's right. Well, thank you. Just in case they, they don't work, you can send your stuff there. And yeah, if it's uh, music, you know, is it you know, your original music, preferably, of course. Yes, that would be great. Um, um, original music. If you have uh, ideas, I'm down to collaborate, too. If you've got beats or just uh, some shits, send me anything. And uh, give me your ideas about it. Whatever. Stuff for us to read, poetry, mm-hmm. any art, we can be dropping it in the chat as we read other art. The possibilities oh, yeah. are endless. If you're an artist and you want to express yourself, we want to express you. Uh, we do. During the show, May 28th, yep. live after No Agenda. That's right. And um, back to those boostograms. Mm-hmm. You had to say, hey, citizen, which thank you. Uh, yes, thank he's you. An, oh, he's in a 6969. I should have had he that did. ready, honestly. That's my bad. <laughs> Do you forgive me? Yeah. Okay, good. I forgive you. Because, uh, And I'm going to give the- her a warm phone with a possible low of 69. Mm, that was the wrong one. I meant... Uh, <laughs> 69! 69, dudes! But it's no surprise I'm lagging on the clips today because all I do... All I do is eat ass and 69 Nintendos, bro, every day. <laughs> Abel Kirby, look at that. With 888. Woo! 8,888. Saying, yeah. Greetings, Reclaimer. My name is <laughs> Hogstory343. Guilty Spark. Yes, of course. 
three four three P on me. Three four. I love it. You naughty Homo sapien. Now, return the construct to me, or I will be forced to boost again. Oh, thank you, Abel Kirby. That was great. <laughs> thank you uh, very much. You're Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he is indeed Jeff Goldblum. As are we all. I believe so. That's the hard story. <laughs> we got another one from Hey Citizen saying, "Oh, very nice." Lit. A-F. Letaf. Oh, yeah. Letaf. Letaf. Letaf to you, hey, citizen. Yes. <laughs> um, a mighty Letaf to you. And she is generating just the right amount of heat, which is 697,000 degrees. Sure. Wasn't entirely 69, but, uh, you know. <laughs> Can't get them all. 69! 69, dudes! And then Daniel White, the dirty Jersey whore, came in with 19,760 sets. Look at that. Uh, 1976. Yeah. Which must be a great year for wine. But he's saying, this is my hot boost. (laughs) That's my hot meal. <laughs> like I was saying, like I look forward to my hot meals. <laughs> Net Ned with thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three sets. Woo! Woo! He says thirty-three thousand three hundred thirty-three is the magic thread count. Ah, yes, it is. It sure is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he's right. I think he's right too. I mean, that's the kind of sheets you want. You got to look for Egyptian, first of all. Yep, you do. Make sure it's at least 33,333, possibly more. Thousands and thousands, tens of thousands. Tens of thousands. So there are hundreds of thousands, why not? <laughs> Pull with your potato. And do that. Thanks, Abel Kirby, again. <laughs> for the... Uh, <laughs> The uh, greetings reclaimer. Uh, yes, the story. greetings are. <laughs> that was pretty fun. <clears throat> Man, uh, sometimes you you use things and they affect you in a normal, predictable <laughs> way, and then there are times yeah. you use the same thing and it affects yeah. you in an entirely different way that you don't expect. And uh, that's what happens sometimes. Sometimes. Did we? Well, we did not get to any of these from PayPal's. Oh. People sending us their hard earned hogaroos over at PayPal's. Oh, to yeah. Hogstory.net. Whoa, excuse me. Shit's falling off my desk. Slash donate to uh, find all about that. I mean, I could have told you. How can you do that? Yeah, I could have told you just. Uh, Visit our website. <laughs> You may have heard about it. They probably did. Yeah. Hogstory.com slash donate. It belongs to you. (laughs) 
Be nice and send these people some money so they can stay on the air. Uh, people did. We want to say thanks. Thank you guys for your sponsorship. Thank you. Like Sharky. <laughs> yeah, Sharky. With his five oh, hundred yeah. a month uh, donation. And uh, I don't think we've got this one either. Uh, Alpha Tango. Alpha Tango. I want to say that C Brooklyn 112 with five hogaroos. That is a monthly donation, too. We appreciate oh, those. You. We do. They very much help. Uh, Sir Spud the Mighty. I want to oh, say Sir thanks Spud for his uh, Thank you. 20 hogaroo check. He sends that I in. I do believe monthly. it's uh, Baron Spud the Mighty. Baron Spud the Mighty, it is. Excuse me. Pardon moi. Um. Why don't I have that under twenty? You know the he has pledged twenty dollars. Should mm. be right there under twenty. Type it out. Boom. Mm. Hits me in the face. But no. New. No. Mm. It's uh. It's here. He has pledged twenty dollars. There you go. Mm. And he has. Thank you, parents. But the mighty without him, uh, we wouldn't have the subscription to Clean Feed. Yes, that's right. Thank our- you so much. Our voice is so clean. Or yes. Carolyn's, really. You're the one on the call. Uh, I am. Geek Square on the call. With her dollar a month uh, donation. We appreciate that. Every bit helps. Every hard-earned hogaroos goes to this hog show, hog story. That's true. Like the five hogaroo monthly donation from Joe O'Connor. Joe O'Connor, thank you. He's the coolest Joe I know. That's right. Oh, here's here's the uh, Teals Unlimited. That name Teals has a Unlimited. nice texture to it. Oh yeah, yeah, Teals Unlimited. Thank you, well, thank very much. you, Teals Unlimited. Uh, five hogaroos comes in with a note that says, "Doug the cold read." <laughs> yes, thank you. There was four C's and two D's. In that message. Two D's always makes it better. That's true. All right. Two D's. I love an anus with some locomotion. (laughs) And two D's. And two D's. (laughs) We appreciate all that. Uh, All of it helps. Pays them bills. And the bills keep coming. And those bills can't get paid with feelings. Which is unfortunate. But thanks. Yeah. The, thanks for the uh, the PayPal's and the the boostograms. The boostograms are fun because there's a new sound every time. Yeah, that's true. I might even bring back the pocket operator. The pocket operator will more than likely be playing a role in the boostogram sounds on the music jams and poetry slams we got coming up. Oh yeah, working definitely. Working on some things for that. Yes. I'm excited yes. working on music for that, and um, yeah. I might great. even write some poetry. Oh, oh yeah, I think so. I should yeah. probably read yeah. it in this voice. I think I think that's a very uh, you need a smoking jacket and right. oh. uh, a monocle. Do you have you're a monocle? Assu- you're assuming I don't already have those things. <laughs> so you probably have a monocle. <laughs> I could just read the names of my clips in order like a poem. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, hell no. What? <laughs> Never go full retard. Occupy skin of another human being. Oh, okay. 
fuck face. <laughs> I will literally suck your dick right now. <laughs> I will massacre you. It's science art form. Know any yeah. retard war heroes? Laugh, ha! <laughs> like punching the American flag in the face. Look, fuck stick, get out. Yeah. Take a break. Dick jam up ass penis butt leave. <laughs> get over here, See, buddy. Let's do this. Suck a dick penis gay. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> get those boys in the shit brown poop. Oh my. Go fuck yourself. Bait jacking. Come, come, coming. <laughs> okay. And now well, we'll I'm done. be back on, on I Monday. Pussy. For uh, episode 344 of Hog Story. Uh, 344, uh, what's your name? Whore. Woo! Yep. And uh, yeah, we'll be back uh, on Monday. Uh, 7 p.m. Central, 8 p.m. Eastern, Hog Story dot stream. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Uh, where I've been here just uh, being utterly confused by existence. I'm Fletcher. And I have been Carolyn Blaney. I like the texture of that. <laughs> I will fuck you Not up. blowing your load and not being a freak and just keeping it chill. Go fuck yourself. Both pretty good. Big ass titties. Sounds like you've been Look snacking on some of the local mushrooms. Surprise! Surprise, motherfucker! You're gonna make me come.